0: Um, we are in a series called Empowered, and it's been such a great time to really press into who God is, what God is up to, and how we can join in through the kingdom of God. We have uh, done this Empowered Clinic on Mondays. Obviously, you've, most of you have been here on Sundays. The clinic has been a great time just to lean in, to press in, and we encourage you, if you can, to stay afterwards. Please do that. You can always, uh, you know, check it out. You can stay the full 90 minutes. You can check it out and leave whenever you want. It's great. You have freedom to do that. And I think this past week, you know, we've been doing this a little bit, but, like, the good stuff we've been doing in power, like, just got out to home groups. So I think maybe every home group practiced praying for healing. And I heard some good stories, a uh, story of, like, a headache that was gone. Um, I think some arthritis in the wrist that felt better. Like, I'm looking at people. I don't need you to, you don't need to raise your hand. But, like, I think these are verifiable stories. Uh, he- uh, there was another one. What was it? Uh, I'm looking. I forgot another one. But there's some good home groups, including my home group. My home group prayed for me. I've had like left ankle pain for two years. Now this is a crazy story because it's like a good like whoa look at God and then it's oh Josh like why did you do that? So they prayed for me and. It was crazy like I didn't feel pain for a long time even went to the physical therapist You know when they do like the poking test where Of course, I'm gonna feel pain like you're poking me all the time like I'm gonna be in pain and I didn't that was great And then it's Zoe's uh, sixth birthday We went to urban air and did trampolining and I was able to like run and do trampolining and all this stuff like with people like her age right so I was like running around like with little kids and no pain today there's some pain, but like part of it is like, I think I was able to do those things and I think God might've helped me do that. So that's awesome. So that's the like, were you wise, Josh? I'm not sure. But um, thanks God for like letting me do something I wouldn't have like actually been able to do. Um, so the Lord's been up to some good stuff, whether it's healing, whether it's prophetic words, God has been really good to us. And I just want to keep us moving forward and thinking, how can we maybe share that goodness with other people? So early on this week, I was visiting my godson. One of the joys of my life is to have uh, two daughters, but then two godsons. This is my newest one. His name is Ari. Um, He's the one at the top, obviously. Um, (laughs) And it was just so cool uh, to visit him, to connect with his parents. Uh, And then we did something really special. We went uh, down by the river to do what was, a dedication of sorts. I'm like, it wasn't, no one worry. It wasn't a baptism. Like we did, it did involve water. There was sprinkling, but we didn't call it a baptism. I don't think it was a baptism, but it was like something like a blessing. And so this is me. You got to do the Lion King pose when they're this young. And so um, this is after we did that. And there's this really special moment. Um, I don't know why I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for a while. I'm still surprised sometimes when people like get moved by God. Like I just am. Like we're just like living our lives, doing our thing, and then like something happens. I'm like, whoa, like what? And I'm like, oh, I, I should get this by now, right? Like I should know that this is maybe something that will happen. So we're all crouched down, right by the water, you know, doing a little bit of cupping. And then we go, and then this, his mom just starts crying, like spontaneously. Like, and it's pretty, like, she's like heaving crying. And she just says these, these words, God, the pain that we went through, the suffering that we went through, I pray that he would have none of that. Like the generational trauma that we went through, like no more of that. And then she just like kept saying like these like phrases of prayer. And I was like, I don't think she was prepared to pray that. Like I wasn't, like I was moved, but she just had something in her. It was almost like the prayer wasn't like from like outside. It wasn't from like what I was saying or like something was inside of her where when that water hit that baby's head, Lord, take the suffering away. Take the generational trauma away. Let's have a new start, bless this child. Some of you are not, maybe you've prayed that way, maybe you've had other people pray for you that way. There are prayers that can come out of us, all of us. And notice I didn't say those of us who are followers of Jesus. Sometimes we, we try to be really aware, more than sometimes, that in this space there's people who follow Jesus and people who might not be following Jesus. And we're a space where we want to encourage, inspire, um, help people see who God is more. But I didn't say, like, if you're a Jesus follower, because I think a lot of us are praying. Would we call them prayers? I don't know. Where they're directed, I'm not sure. But I think a lot of us have what I would call prayers inside of us. Maybe people who have no idea about Jesus, no interest in Jesus maybe they've walked away from Jesus, they still have prayers inside of them. My sister on her door, when she was growing up, it was a sign, it says, as long as there are test, there will be prayer in school. I was like, one, how did my sister get that? Like there wasn't Amazon, like, I don't know how she like procured a sign like that. She was like pretty nerdy, still is. Um, but I was like, that's amazing, and it's true. Like we're usually always praying about something. Again, whether we call it prayer and whether we direct it to God. I wonder how much when we consider praying for other people, if we truly understand and have a grasp of, they're probably already praying for something. They're probably already wishing for something. They're probably already trying to, what's the language people call me, like manifest something, right? Is that it? I think so. Like They're trying to like connect outward with something else for something. I think that's happening with almost all of us. Have you ever thought that when we pray for other people, we're joining those prayers? We're not starting new. You're not the first person to, like, encourage them to pray or to have them direct something, right? Like, you're joining something. And I think God's been doing a lot of work in these folk, in us. I love that thought of joining what God is already doing. There's this great verse from the book of John Chapter five verses 19. And it says, "Jesus said to them, "Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise." What does this passage mean? I, I think it means that Jesus is joining his heavenly Father. Jesus is joining God, this loving parent, and saying, "I will do what you do." And we have the opportunity to follow Jesus and do the same, not doing anything brand new, not doing anything that we haven't, like, seen someone go before us do, even if it is this invisible God. We're joining. This verse is really, uh, I think, a big deal in the vineyard, the movement of churches we belong to. Early on, I think there was a sense of, like, we don't want prayers of hype. We don't want prayers of show. And especially if we're messing around with things like healing prayer, or prophetic prayer, we don't want that to be a spectacle. But we want to join what God is already doing. We wouldn't want to say, because it's weird, let's stop. But if we feel like God leading us into it, let's continue. Let's follow. We've got some great kind of prayers around stuff like that. You know, even like the walking on water story. You know, Peter's like, if this is what you're doing, if you can call me to this, then I'll go. And then he does. And Peter walks on water, too, before he falls. I think we can want real change real transformation, real doing the stuff, and I think we can see it more and more and more. If we already pray, whether we believe in God or not, if God already is bringing the kingdom and wants to use us, I see some huge opportunities here. We've got people who pray, and we've got this opportunity of God's kingdom that's coming. I think those things can come together. This is the beauty of Jesus' core message, the kingdom of God coming on earth. Remember, we've talked about this, I think, time and time again. It's not being a good person. It's not even that Jesus died for our sins, because, of course, he hadn't yet when he was speaking to people these three years of ministry. The main message is the kingdom of God coming. And we know that the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God, and we see it in different ways. This is just right after it says that the kingdom of God is at hand. We see people following Jesus. We see Jesus delivering people. We see examples of healing. We've looked in, our, in this series about stories of prophecy, hearing from God, all to reveal the love of a king that makes that love known one encounter at a time. Populating our city, populating our state, our nation, our world to be more like Jesus through the kingdom. Hopefully through the church too, hopefully through us, but through the kingdom coming. That's what's happening. And today we get to ask uh, a question and we get to reflect on a question that helps us see a whole lot more of the kingdom. This question is, can I pray for you right now? Can I pray for you right now? No one answered, but it is yes is usually the answer, and I will pray for us right now before we continue. God, I pray right now for us, for your spirit to come, for your will to be done, for your kingdom to come here. Lord, I thank you that you can empower us, empower us to connect with the prayers of others, no matter how they're coming out, and connect with this kingdom of God that's coming Got to pray that we would be emboldened, even this next week, to pray this prayer. Can I pray for you right now? We pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, those of us that might be in um, Christian circles, we have church or churchy friends. I'm not gonna look at anyone, but um, you know, sometimes, just in casual conversation, you can say like, "Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you." you no. Know? Yep, pray. I'll pray. Like, and you're usually moving away from the person. Like, I'll, I'll pray for you later. Like, a lot, a lot later, right? And then maybe you do and maybe you don't. We're not going to do a show of hands. There's no shame here, right? But there's something different about saying, can I pray for you right now? Especially given certain things that people ask for prayer for. Sometimes it matters for us not to be scared by a prayer request, but to engage a prayer request, even if we don't know what to do or what to say. Why? Because God can give us words. And God can give us encouragement, even if we don't. Now, you might say, well, okay, that could work for my friends who already maybe know about prayer or know about Jesus or church. But I actually think something else is true. When people know that you follow Jesus, they know that you might be in a church, like at 4 p.m., maybe even like this church, they might expect some things from you, right? Like prayer. Like I've definitely had some of my friends, my close friends be like, so Josh, remember when I was sick? I was like, wait, oh yes! Like, did you, did you pray for me? Like, I've, I've been to a service. You talked about healing prayer. You didn't pray for me. Like, I, I don't know about you, at least I have some friends that are close enough to me where they're doing some reality check. You believe these things. I don't, but I'm expecting you to bring some of your world to me, especially if I need it, right? One of my friends in college was great. Um, we had a great relationship, really, really fun. Uh, and he's like he was an atheist. He was like, I'm actually like, decided to be an atheist. But he was like, I believe in your God for you. And so I'm expecting, like, your God for you to do some things for me sometimes, but I'm an atheist, though. And I was like, that's really cool that you think that way. Also, maybe God loves you too, but we we didn't do that. Maybe we did. Anyway, like, people are expecting you, I think, some of your friends, to actually engage you, to to be courageous enough. And it's weird if they know that you're a follower of Jesus and you don't, like, bring that into their reality. Like, I think it is weird. Like, there's a, a hope we have for an integrated life. And usually that question like, can I pray for you right now? It's different than some other things that you might do, right? Like uh, it's an offering of hospitality, of kindness, of compassion. So take that. And then again, the last thing is just actual prayer does matter. We all know we can say something like, I'll pray for you later, and it just doesn't happen. So do this for your own good. So you can just actually, I mean, I don't wanna say it this way, but like, get the prayer over with, like do the prayer now versus like not do it later, like seriously. Like, it's, like, for your good, too. If there was one question I'd use to equip you, it would be this question. And if there's one prayer I'd ask you to pray, we won't get into this too much this week, but next week we will, it would be, come Holy Spirit. These two things, like, combined are are amazing. Like, can I pray for you right now? And then, like, we start to pray, come Holy Spirit. Because what does that mean? The Holy Spirit's doing stuff, not you, right? And we'll have a vineyard pastor, Mike Tergiano, that he sort of, in this region, uh, like, the Personally, like you want this guy to pray, come Holy Spirit. And when you see him next week, you'll be like, Really? This guy? It's like, Yes, you still do. But like, he's a small, he's a man of small stature, but his prayers are mighty. You'll get it next week. You do want him to pray for you. But this question and this prayer, God's Spirit, the kingdom coming, this is all what it really means to be empowered. Because otherwise, it's just gestures, right? It's just sentiment. Like, Oh, yeah, I'll pray. We're not expecting something to change. Or, okay, God can do this for you. Like, what empowered means is different than the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God. Those things are powerful on their own. But how are you powerful? It's because you're empowered by God, by the Holy Spirit, to see God's kingdom come. There's a verse that we looked at, I think, a while ago that I just love. It's that Jesus would long for us. He he, he looks at what we can do. It says, kings and prophets would long to see what you can see. And I think on our bad days, maybe our okay days, maybe even our good days, we're like, we don't believe that. Like what? Like kings and prophets? We're out here just trying to survive, you know? Rent is high in Connecticut. This is crazy. Like we're just trying, like we're struggling. Really, kings and prophets? But Jesus, I think, would say, yes. And I think that's because we have this hope of being empowered. So today, for the rest of our time, we'll talk about this question. Can I pray for you right now and look at three different angles Compassion, faith, and opportunity. Compassion, faith, and opportunity. These three things that I think are opportunities for us to lean into this question. When should we ask this question? When we feel compassion, when we feel faith rising up, and when we see opportunities. Let's start with compassion. We're going to look at one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture. Uh, Todd referenced this one a little bit last week when he covered healing, but it's a story from Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read it for us. It's a story from the life of Jesus. "'Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, "'and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. "'As he approached the gate of the town, "'a man who had died was being carried out. "'He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow, "'and with her was a large crowd from the town. "'When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her "'and said to her, "'Do not weep.' "'Then he came forward and touched the bier, "'and the bearers stood still, and he said, "'Young man, I say to you, rise.' The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has looked favorably on his people. This word about him spread throughout Judea and all the surrounding country. We see it pretty clearly here, right? Jesus is moved by compassion. And compassion is this great Greek word that literally means, like, the things inside of you, like, spilling out. And when we feel compassion for people, I think we feel that. This kind of like, whoa, like how do I care so much as a human being? There's actually a spiritual gift called compassion. Like you might be engaging that. And I think Jesus sees a situation of grief. A woman that not only has just lost her son, but also has lost at some point her husband. There's grief happening here. It's a mourning ritual. And yet, God is on the move. And Jesus says there's compassion, and his compassion seems to flow out into power. Do you have a feeling that your compassion can be powerful, or do you feel it's mere sentiment? Maybe some of you, oh, I'm just getting too emotional. What if that compassion is a source of your power? What if for some people, as we recognize we might not have it, we can ask for compassion to guide us for how to pray? We want to be thinking about what it means to be moved by compassion in our lives, asked a few folk this week about stories and storytelling. One of them I asked was Audrey and Gus. These are people that were sent out by this church that are in Taiwan. Uh, and I asked, have you seen something like this? And here's what Audrey said. I'm just reading from her. Yes, asking if we can pray for someone right now is something we do regularly on our team. Though this is usually welcomed in more mainstream social contexts here in Taiwan, it's a culture uh, with that, takes, uh, that takes a spiritual word for granted and gods are just a normal part of the worldview, and folks know they have power. So we can pause there and say, we might feel it's flipped for us, right? Like, do people actually engage with stuff? She's saying, no, a lot of people would be open to this, but now let's keep reading from her. But she's found it, I found it quite different among marginalized folk, especially women in the sex industry. That's the people that she works with the most. Many of those contacts feel unworthy or are afraid of bothering a deity. So actually they tend to say, no, no need. But their response always reminds me of how powerfully and wonderfully strange God's grace is, that he truly knows and cares so very much about every one of us humans, regardless of background and without having to earn it or pay him back somehow. But there have been some really special moments when they say yes to that invitation. The time that springs to mind is a time a lady I've codenamed Laurel was talking to us, Turns out she was really scared because of a big accident in a factory that was in the news. At first, she was friendly but guarded. But when we prayed, her tears just started to flow, and her heart got really soft. And afterwards, she opened up to share what was in her heart. Maybe that, seemed, maybe that hardly seems remarkable to outsiders, But for us, in an environment where women have grown long accustomed to putting layers of protection and making it on their own to survive, it was a clear moment of grace. We see here, right, in that prayer, something happens, and it starts to stir compassion in the woman being prayed for, but also, I think, in the hearts of those that are praying. After that, Laurel was really glad to see us each time we met her and had more conversations about Jesus, Today, months later, my co-worker explained the gospel to her more fully, and she prayed to invite Jesus into her life. It is just a start, but a significant step in a long journey that the Lord has been taking with her. I'm sure he will see it through to the end. We look forward to walking more with her. I don't know if that might encourage the church. I think it definitely does. Uh, But I'm thinking of you and praying now. May the Lord breathe new encouragement and life into our habit of looking for where the Spirit is working right in the moment. And inviting friends and neighbors to it, please send love and greetings to the church. Love, Audrey. Give it up for Audrey. That's amazing. We see here that part of what Audrey was saying is that there are people that just felt like, no, this can't be for me. And part of what meant, uh, part of what kind of stirred up was a sense of yes, there's compassion here. There's a movement of emotion. There's something God's doing, and it was for the person being prayed for and it was for the folk that were praying for her. It all was happening, and God was moving in that compassion. You know, one thing we got to just be honest about, you know, this is about can I pray for you right now, but also I think part of what we all need to be open to is someone saying that question to us. Like, can we be prayed for right now? When you build a culture of one, it turns out you build a culture of the other that you can raise your hand and say, actually, something's going on in my life, and I need to be prayed for, and can it even be right now? I've seen so many people learn to pray for others and then they realize, oh, I can actually hold my hand up in this community and say, I need prayer. And I can expect it not to be, hey, we'll pray for you later, you know, as they go, but actually that you'll be prayed for right then and there. Now let's look at faith. Faith is this kind of trust in God, and uh, Todd talked really well about it last week that faith is one of the, the things that kind of moves and flows during prayers, and he was mentioning specifically for prayers of healing, and we see it in the scriptures. There's this great story in Mark chapter 2. I'm going to read the first part of it and kind of the last part of the story. Um, So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in the front of the door, and Jesus was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay." When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. First part, right? Because you're like, wait, I thought he was paralyzed. Like, we didn't know he had these, like, huge problems with sin and all this stuff. Like, hey, there's more coming. In between, Jesus kind of messes with the Pharisees. Then he says, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And the paralyzed man stood up, no longer paralyzed, and immediately took the mat, went out before all of them, So they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we have never seen anything like this. So we see this phrase that like Jesus saw their faith. Like, how do you think their faith was like manifested? Like, where do you see their faith here? You can just shout it out real quick. Where do you see their faith? Say that again. They tore the roof off. I could include some other language out there, but I won't. They tore the roof off. That's great. Okay. What else? What else do we see? Persistence, like they walk with this man for I think a long while. And is it just one person's faith that they're seeing? We got to shake of the head. It seems like there's many people they could see: the paralyzed man, the folk that carried him, maybe people that saw like someone take down the roof, and they're like, "Whoa!" They really think Jesus is going to do something. Like faith can rise in a whole group. Such that we don't know what's happening here, but there's a lot of faith. There's a lot of trust. This is part of what it can mean to see their faith. This is good stuff. And I think sometimes for us, we can see this too. Joel was sharing a really cool story of uh, doing healing prayer. And someone saying, uh, him saying, I've seen this injury that I was praying for. I've seen it happen before. And this person said, cool, that means Jesus has done it before. And then they prayed. And then the problem I think was with hips got better. And they sense like God had done something before made a difference to the person was being prayed for. Todd shared last week, sometimes telling stories is helpful. It can get a little crazier, please don't get on me for the story, but it is one of my favorite stories, so I'm gonna tell it. I was having a really bad day, I was doing some campus ministry stuff, and I, in campus ministry, I don't know why, I'm supposed to be ministering to students, I've got some campus ministers in the room, oftentimes I just lugged equipment. So I'm like, I'm supposed to be talking to humans, I often was just carrying things. Um, maybe other campus ministers have like, this is like this tracks, but I was like carrying things. And it was not going well, and I, for some reason, we were doing like this Foursquare outreach. Maybe it's because I really like Foursquare, but we were just playing Foursquare, and just having a horrible day. Although I was about to like you know try to share the love of God with people, bad combination. And then I saw my friend. I actually been sharing my faith with this friend, and his uh, knee looked like it was just completely busted, kind of like limping. We're doing like a four-square outreach, right? So I'm like. It would be great for this guy to play Foursquare. It would be great for us to engage him in conversation, but I don't think that's going to happen if his, like, leg is busted. And so I just, like, kind of in my mind just cried out to the Lord. I was like, Lord, I need something to happen here. And weirdly enough, I just had this sense. I was like, I think the Lord is totally going to heal this guy. Maybe it's because I'm having a bad day and the Lord loves me. Maybe it's because this guy is, like, actually in a process of seeing if God is real. Maybe it's because God just wants us all to play Foursquare together. I don't know. But I had this, like, sense. I was like, I think this is faith. Like, it feels like this is just going to happen. And then we prayed for this guy's knee. And guess what happened? It was, like, completely healed. It was like, I am fine. Like, I'm good. I'm like, well, then let's go. And I should say that my favorite part of the story is that, like, this guy got healed. And it, and it kind of is, right? It is. But another favorite part of the story is, like, we played Foursquare, and I totally won. It was just, like, I dominated. I was like, this is kind of cool. It's like, this guy got healed. And I was like, boom! And then, like, I just, I beat him. Like, because, like. God was doing something else in his life. He wasn't like letting him, but it was great. I love that story because there's something about faith sometimes that you can feel like God is put, bringing something. Maybe it's connected to something that you need. Maybe it's connected to something that you see that this guy really wanted to kind of get in the game quite literally, but we can partner with God through faith. Todd talked about a lot about other stories where like it's hard to know what happens in healing. It's not all about faith, but faith can be a part of it. And we can see sometimes whether we have to dig a a hole through a roof or whether we're just noticing this either is like just crazy or it's maybe some faith. And what's the hardship of trying and saying, can I pray for you and seeing what God does? I'm so glad I did it in that moment more than just because I won. It was seeing God's power at work. Last one, and this has actually happened in all of the stories that we've looked at so far, whether stories that are in our community, in other parts of the world, or in the Bible. It's seizing opportunities. I'm going to read a story about one from the book of Acts, and then tell you another story, and then we'll start thinking about what we're going to get up to today in our time as we do response. This is from Acts chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried into the temple, to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Just pausing here real quick. You see different names, right? This is in the name of Jesus. This is Peter and John. This is after Jesus is resurrected and ascended. The story continues. It's not just Jesus doing these things. It's us doing these things. And this is the early church doing this. Uh, When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Walk. going one way. Like the beggar saying, I want you to do this. But then there's this exchange where it's not just one way. But then by the end, what happens? There's a whole community engaging, responding. Wait, this person that begged, that was who they were. There's something different now. God's moved. Different people had opportunities here. The beggar was like, I'm going to take mine. I need some money, right? But Peter and John said, this isn't about money. We don't have that. But we have an opportunity to say, look at us to engage that person as a subject, as a person, and then say, I can give you this. They prayed for healing. We see God move through an opportunity. So we're moved by compassion. We see faith. And then there's this opportunity is at hand. Opportunity is at hand. This is what Jesus' language is about, the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. And where does it rise from? I think it's from obedience that we're called to do Obedience to Jesus. I think it's need that we see. The beggar clearly has many needs. I think it's desire. I think the sense of like we don't wanna leave him this way. And then also, there's a call to bless. We've talked about in our church that some way that you can describe the big story of God is that God is blessing us to bless other people. And he's blessing us through blessing groups of people. And then we then have the opportunity to extend that along. So there's different opportunities, obedience, Need, mutual desire, and a call to bless. Last story. This is a fun one. It's a story from our community that actually has developed over time. Some people know who this is. This is Chance the Rapper. That is the name. It's not Chance, comma, the rapper. His name is Chance the Rapper. And our good friend in this community, Julian, had a cool opportunity um, he shared it a while ago now, it's almost been 10 years, and there's a lot that's happened in Julian's life and Chance's life, but basically it's a story in three parts. The first is Julian, who's a musician, amazing musician, had an opportunity to get on a, a Chance record. And it was like a great opportunity until he started, until he started listening to like the lyrics of the song. And he was like, ooh, like, I don't know if I can get on that Chance record. There's some other records I can get on, but like, this one? he was like this doesn't really match like his values this doesn't really match like the things he wants to be about so he's like i don't know if i can do this felt embarrassed told the the producer hey i can't do this didn't work out he's like man did i just lose my opportunity to meet chance if you know the story this is kind of hilarious like that's how the story began spoiler they know each other now um second thing right he's actually in the studio now with chance and he hears from god this word like we talked about prophecy like the sense of god speaking to him just as a still small voice, probably not a voice like, hey, everyone, I'm giving Chance the Rapper a word. Like, I don't think anyone heard that. I don't think Julian heard that. I think it was a quieter word. And the word was something like, um, tell Chance to be honest with God. Now, what's hilarious, and some of you guys aren't Chance the Rapper fans, this is all before the album Coloring Book, which I'm kind of piecing together. I'm like, wow, this, like, is crazy. So he had, I think, two other albums, maybe one other album, some EPs, And so he doesn't really give that word. You know, we've done this sometimes in our prayer, ministry workshops. Like, saying what you hear is kind of important. So uh, Julian shares, you know, hey, I feel like you should be honest in your rap. And it's funny because Julian gave a sermon about this, and he just kind of, like, just made fun of himself. He's like, that's like telling, like, you know, a scholar, read books. That's like telling, like, someone that wants to connect with God to pray. It's like, yo, rapper, be honest, right? Not that everything rappers say are honest, right? We know that, but, like, at least that's kind of part of the thing. And so he's like, man, dialogue I like, just kind of ruin that opportunity? But at least he kind of did it a little bit, right? Now, I think then he tweeted to Chance the real prophetic word. That's cool. I still don't know in the story if Chance Rapper ever read that word. But actually what happened, I think sooner rather than later, was they actually got to know each other and like, became friends. And then Julian shared this and more to the point where they're doing like, Bible studies together. I think they were working with Chance's church to do like, a curriculum. Like, they're like actually in cahoots. And if you know anything about Chance's trajectory, like, Coloring Book is when he was basically like, I'm going to actually just talk to God in public. I talk to God in public. That's a chance of the lyric. Like, that's, that, that's a lyric. That's a line. I won't rap for you. It would be bad. Tina would be like, please don't. She's saying it right now. But, like, Chance the Rapper actually started to be honest with God in this album that, like, kind of made him even more mainstream and have the opportunity to do honest as an artist, probably anything he wants from that album. And it turns out that Julian, a part of our community, had, like, that word, probably with others and probably with Chance himself. Because remember, we're all praying. I think Chance, like, just, he didn't need Julian. It just would have been maybe a nice little cherry on top. That's the thing, too, if you're kind of stressed about this wait, like, everyone in my life needs me to pray for them right now. I don't think that's the way we can, that's probably not how we should think about this. You have an opportunity, right? You have faith. You have compassion. And God just wants to put it together sometimes to bless you and to bless other people. I love that story of Julian kind of seeing some opportunities and saying yes in different ways until finally what God was, I think, always doing just happened. Sometimes I think about a faith like this. This has been really helpful for me. Sometimes it really is a merry-go-round where there's opportunities we have, and we just kind of keep missing it. And God gives us more. And then we just don't miss it one of those times. Now, what happens between the first time and the, like, that's kind of, like, not just between you and God. That's probably between you, God, close friends, home group, et cetera. But I find sometimes that's really what God does. God gives us opportunities. We experience compassion. We experience faith. And we just have to choose to, like, jump off one time. And that's called, like, choosing to be obedient or choosing faith or walking with Jesus. But God's so merciful that that's just what it is. And usually you know if it's, like, oh, this is the last time. Oh, shoot, I, I, I got to do it now. God kind of gives us, like, a sense of a warning for that. That's at least been my experience. And that's what we have here, just an opportunity to pursue God together. So one last thing, and then we'll quiet ourselves, still ourselves, and see what the Lord wants to do now. You know, I think this is a good question. Is this only about praying? Now, for some people here, y'all like to pray. Y'all have been, like, maybe texting your friends, like, can I pray for you right now? Like, you might have prayed for, like, five friends during this message. The message, you're like, it's okay, but I need to do the real thing. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. I can't really see your fingers like that. Um, But for some of you, you're like, is this just about prayer? There's a lot of stuff going on in our world. And prayer, I think, you know, has been public conversation. Like, thoughts and prayers, people don't like that anymore. A lot of people don't like that, right? There's real stuff happening that we need to act on. And there could be a sense, even in this series, like, we've said the kingdom of God is about a lot of prayer stuff, like healing or deliverance. You know, it, are these spots of purple just prayer? And what I wanna say real quick is I think prayer does things, like real things, and it can change our lives, and it can change the lives of others. But also, prayer changes us in a fundamental way. You know, praying can change others, but it will change you. And the question is, how will that change impact you? Prayer can change others. It will change you. And how will that change impact you? I'm so glad in my journey of loving people that prayer has been a part of it. Like, praying for folk who have struggled with homelessness has made my actions towards homelessness different. Do you all follow? Like, praying for folks that are incarcerated has changed what I do and say when I'm actually with folk incarcerated through a Bible study. I'm trying to advocate for mass incarceration to change. Like, it's been prayer and encounters with people that's given me a kind of wisdom and closeness and intimacy. I don't consider prayer separate from my action. I don't consider prayer my only action, but prayer has been an invaluable foundation to know God and to know the hearts of people as I try to find out with others, with y'all as church, what do we do in this broken world? There's an article I haven't read yet that one of our staff sent New Yorker from The New Yorker that's about New Haven's problem with gun violence. I'm so glad I'm gonna read that article, not just as someone that has done something about it through what we're doing here in the church, but as someone who's prayed with people who've actually lost folk to gun violence. That's gonna change, I think, how I read that article. That's gonna change what I think our church should do. Because you've been with people. Who have you been with that's your neighbor? That's someone you know in your life that has needs. It's someone when you talk to them, compassion wells up inside. How has being with them, how has praying for them changed you? Not just like because you pray for them more, but because something in your life, some other part of your life has become different. I'll say it again. Praying can change others, it will change you. And how will that change impact you? I don't think we have to choose between prayer and action. And maybe you weren't even thinking that, but just in case you were, two minutes of thoughts. Okay, last thing, invitations. Take the, can I pray for you right now challenge. When did this challenge start? Just now. I don't think it was a thing yesterday. Um, And I just want to ask you, can you actually do this? And I want you to look at this. You can obviously create different things you want. You can think about challenging yourself that once a day, for this next week, you'll try to say, can I pray for you right now to someone? Now, saying it to your mirror, probably, I mean, you can not pray for yourself, so I guess maybe that's okay. Say it to someone you live with already, like, that could be really good, but think a little bit about outside the door of the place where you spend the most time, like outside of that door, right? Like, can I pray for you right now? Try once a day, or maybe you're like, no, I can't do that, so just try once before next week. Take the challenge. Can I pray for you right now challenge? Do it. It'd be great. And then, because uh, Pastor Keanu says this a lot, you know, an effective teacher is a reflective teacher, this week reflect on what moved you as you do that challenge. Is it faith? Is it compassion? Is it the fact that you like, felt like you seized an opportunity? I and mean, just bring that to God. And then one thing that was at the end of every passage, did you see it? I, no- I-, I noted it once. Everyone praises God together at the end of those stories. So how can you bring back what you learned, what you saw, And even just maybe like, God, that was hard. Nothing happened. How can you bring that back and still have a praise party with God yourself? Just because you tried something difficult. Can we do this together? Okay, some people. But I just want to pause, I just want to let this linger a little bit. I've been doing this thing a little bit. I know when you say something like this, most people are like, yeah, you know? (laughs) Or you're just like, you know not to do that. So you're just like, you know, if I Josh, if I do one facial expression, I know I might get a text or an email. Just just consider this. Not if I've invited you, but if God's inviting you. I just want to, like, take a beat. Because I think you'll get some cool stories. I think God will have an opportunity to move. I think there might even be something here that you might have some desire or sense even of who to do this with. Because, God's speaking to you about it. And if you're like, hey, I'm one of those people that doesn't know Jesus or doesn't follow Jesus yet. I think you can still do, like, this or a version of it. So think about how you could apply it to your context that's it can I pray for you right now let's do that together again I just want to pray to see what God is up to both now and in our time for empowered we're really just like trying to hear like we have an open agenda right now we're gonna obviously have some worship we'll have some time of prayer but I don't really know exactly what God wants to do <laughs> I don't usually don't actually, but um, I just want to take some time to pause to see if there's something that uh, we can get a sense of together. We'll have someone come up to you that has some words in a second. So let's steal next week's talk for a second. Come Holy Spirit, would you come in your kindness? some holy spirit I'm just getting two senses. One is I think there's some people that have um, been gracious enough to listen to this message but for you, it's really a question of can you pray for me right now? Like you really want prayer. I just want to pray a blessing over you and then encourage you to get prayer today. And that's totally fine. Like God has us both receiving and giving. But I just feel like for some of you, there's a sense of like, I need that today. I just want to bless that because God is in that. You don't have to say who you are But I just want to pray right now. So God, I pray for those of us that say, maybe I'll be up for praying for other people soon, but I need it today. I I bless that honesty, the opportunity you're sensing. I just pray for courage to receive prayer. And if you're feeling the Lord moving on you, for some of you, it might be like, you're feeling your, your palms are sweaty or you're maybe crying or tearing up or you're sensing expectancy. I just feel like there's some of you, like in the room, I can see some of you. Like, please get prayer. And also in this space, we try to be gentle. So if you notice someone uh, and you feel that same thing, be encouraged to say, tap on the shoulder, can I pray for you right now? Because I feel like the Lord is doing some things with people. And I felt the next thing, God's always doing things with all of us, but sometimes there's things he's doing with particular ones, um, and sometimes the wording or the phrasing matters. I just feel like for some people, there's a hunger right now. The emphasis is hunger. Not like, yep, this is good, and I'm going to do it. That's like, you know, you expect it to be in your diet. So, like, there's good ways to be like, yep, I'm not going to respond to this. (laughs) But I feel like for some people, there's a hunger right now that you're feeling for being equipped to pray for others, for wanting to pray for others, maybe for overcoming an obstacle. And you actually just want to, like, respond to that. And so before we have some words, I just want to ask you to respond by standing up. I know that's a costly thing to do, but I think God just wants to release, like, faith and compassion on folks that are saying, like, I'm a little bit hungry right now. Like, I want to see this, whether it's in your workplace, with your friends, with your neighbors. So I'd love you to do that. Just pop up to receive prayer for that. I'm just going to pray a general blessing. You can pray for more uh, on the sides, and there'll be specific words. But sometimes it's really good just to give some space and time to see what God is doing, releasing hunger. We can think this stuff is good, but for some of us, we're like, oh, I have a need for it right now. So if that's you, just pop to your feet. I want to pray for you. That question: Can I pray for you right now? And thinking about people in your life, like I'm hungry to see change there in my life. I'm hungry to see change in the lives of others. If that's you, just pop to your feet. And if you see people around you, feel free to extend a hand, a blessing. You don't have to touch you can extend a hand of blessing. I just want to pray over these ones. And if you uh, feel like you have a word or a sense in in a minute, feel free to share those to those folk. Holy Spirit, thank you that there's something you're doing with all of us in blessing this call for us to bless. And there's some things you're doing with some of us to say there's a hunger and a thirst and a need we have to bless the communities around us. Maybe they're really close to us. Maybe it's people we work with. But there's a sense that by praying this prayer, can I pray for you right now, that change can happen. So I release, God, the spiritual gift of compassion. I release the gift of faith. These are spiritual gifts that we can pray for and fan into flame. And God, I release courage that's from you. Maybe it looks like desire. Maybe it looks like obedience. I don't really know exactly what courage looks like for everyone. But obedience to seize the moments, God. And we pray for these ones to be some of the folks that really take this up this week to see how you're meeting them. Because I think for those that are standing, this might be uh, more for you even than for others. Because you know God's been calling you to do this. There's gifts he wants to release to you through this.